Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. Okay, well, let me just tell you guys that we're here at a Taste of North Delight restaurant and a house packed with dedicated Democrats. Oh, my God. Dr. Nancy Nichols that's walking up here and everything, and it has been outstanding. Uh, Dr. Nichols has put on an amazing, amazing event. We have uh, Judge Stacey Williams, who actually uh, had everybody to raise their hands and brought them in office, all the precinct chairs that won in Smith County, as well as uh, Be sure to tell Judge Williams I said hello. I certainly will do it. So, uh, Dr. Nichols, is Judge, is Judge Williams, is she hit the road yet? She's still here? Judge Stacy, okay, I think she's already hit the road uh, because she came down, was here at 5.30 in the restaurant. We had uh, wings and sliders and, and fries and all the salad. And, oh, it was a beautiful layout. I will take some buns, a couple of buns there. So you guys missed a treat tonight. We have uh, pecan pie, potato pie, coconut cake. Sakatsumi cake and pound cake, and they they ate us out of a house and a home. I'm sure you can hear in the background. Our that's our um, our. Let's see. He is running for Senate District One Congress seat, Mr. J.J. Jamar Jefferson. And then uh, there's all kinds of people in the house tonight. So. I'm going to make it short, and I'm going to be able to, since I'm hosting, I thought we were going to do television, and and we had it all set up, but it was so many people, and I had to run the cash register, so we were not able to get us on television uh, tonight. So 
if Miss Rihanna is not on, who else is on with you, fraternity brother? Uh, I'm Oh, there's, yes, of course, there's uh, uh, Dr. Hadney. Is that you, Dr. Yes. Hadney? Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. Good evening. Good evening. So evening. Here evening. Yeah, no more of that. I'm sorry. What was that, Dr. Hadney? Oh, I didn't say anything. No, I said good evening. I'm trying to find out. Yeah. 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 What about Mike? Is Mike here? Say it once more. Uh, yes. Uh, Mike Cooper, are you there? As you, as everybody knows, I will be with Pastor Cooper this coming Friday. Hello. You're walking. In. Yes. How are you doing, Pastor Cooper? Wonderful. Good, good, good. Well, you, I was just telling the gentleman we have some excited Democrats in the house tonight. They are so excited about what they're going to be doing. We haven't, have you boxed him up? Oh, no. So, so there is so much action going on here tonight. I don't know what direction to turn. It's just excitement in the house. People are ready to get out there and make sure that everybody is registered to vote, get them to the polls to vote, because we have some elections that we need to win, and we're going to work hard to make sure that that happens. So Judge Stacy did an amazing job tonight. Uh, we uh, we just thank her so much for coming into Smith County. Uh, our theme is moving forward together, and so uh, that's what people are wanting to do: move forward uh, together. So I'm getting ready to do the closing remarks. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to turn it over to. Um, Whomever wants to lead the way, uh, we, uh, you can do it individually, but if you give me a few minutes, and uh, I'll be right back to you, if that's okay. <laughs> okay. So, so Ms. Arthur, will you take it over? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Uh, hey, fellas, how y'all doing tonight? Oh, bless, bless. You know, last time, you know, last time I had two folks, it was me and two folks, it was me and the two ladies. I really had a great time. I just want to remind y'all of that. But anyway, how y'all doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a you have a different you're gonna have a better time this time. You're gonna have a different time. You're gonna have a, hey, you're gonna have hey, a man. You're gonna have a man time. You're gonna have a man time. Hey, <laughs> hey yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on that that's that, gonna require some man time too. Cause I tell that's you, right. you, you got a lot of. I, I, hey, hey have, you, have you guys been looking at the hearings today? Did y'all look at the hearings uh, uh, last Thursday no. and today? No, I've been working. I've been working that prostate yeah, project. Yeah, I saw all day. some of it. <clears throat> And they're, they're mad right now. Uh, they said the big lie is now turning into the big uh, convict because uh, Trump uh, was taking people's money, saying that he was going to use it for the hearings, but he was taking it for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 I watched the first part, and I watched, and, and like, I'm gonna watch all of it. But, but anyway, but basically, the first part was what I liked about last Thursday. You know, they 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 coming straight, they coming straight at him. You know they not, you know they yeah. they they ain't shooting shouting. They make they, they letting everybody know it started with him, and I came on down. And so basically, you know a lot of folks gonna get implicated. So the main thing is, uh, uh, you know how much justice we gonna get out of this thing? Do you, how, how many of the top folks y'all think would probably go to jail? You think you, you think uh, uh uh what's the name of the chief of staff? You think he'll go to jail? Uh, you know uh you know behind what he did. Do you guys think the chief of staff would go, go, go to jail for, for participating in it? If, if, you didn't, if they didn't try to stop it, like uh, Pence did. Pence was like, 
try, trying to stop it, prevent it. They had a, a galley uh, for him. I in the world, I can't walk around with a pocket knife, and, and they built a big old hanging galley in, in front of the White House. I mean, what in the world? How do you get that through a train and buses and planes and all of that? I can't. I mean, we got Brittany Griner. It's over in Russia right now with a vape pen, supposed to have some type of marijuana or something in it. And these cats can build a, a whole gap. I mean, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're <laughs> but, but in, where but, we are. But, but, in, but in this American history, you know, nothing, someone said, the only thing that changed the date. You know, they oh. they did this long, they're used to doing this. They are, they are, they're comfortable doing this in America. And they've done it before yeah, in America. Yeah. And they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again in America. This is why you don't do it in Russia. So it, it just, it just, I, we just getting documentation on American history. None is really new what they're doing. You know, if you look, right. you look how can you, how can you hang all the PB books and look straight face? You know, this is, I'm not surprised by the end of this. As long as it happens, mm. it can happen in America. If we look at our history, look what they, look, look what they did with the Native Americans all the way through our history. They they didn't just learn this. They 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 know this. This is what they do best. This is what America do best. We look through our yeah. history and all the you know uh, the uh, everything they've done. You know the the uh, looking at uh, back in our history uh, the wars in Mexico, wars in uh, Florida, and all that. The um, all that. So uh, this this is what they do. They know they know how to do this well. But they were in another country, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know how to do it. But they can do this in America because they've done it before, and they're going to do it again. Because I, I always say, how in the world you let all these people come inside your White House and do what they do, did? If they were black, what would have happened? Hey, well, well, look at last Thursday. They, there was also a press conference where they, uh, the, the 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 congressman from New York, I can't think of the brother's name, but anyway, he he put forth a re- resolution that passed condemning uh, the. Uh, 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 great replacement theory, and so they're putting the great replacement theory on blast now, and they're, and they're saying words like, you know, coup d'état, which what that was. Uh, they're saying things like fascist movement, which this is, and so ba- and so basically, and so what I and so uh, I I did a CBS thread where it was. Anyway, so I I mentioned the fact that I just mentioned the fact that <clears throat> you know that uh, the American Constitution is a white supremacist document. Uh, that was bred in the South, uh, nursed in the North, and that, and I basically just told them, you know, we're going to have to really change some things in the Constitution, you know, in order for us to uh, 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 you know, move on as a country. <clears throat> Look here, that was last Thursday. You know, I'm still getting, you know, still getting responses from that today. You know. <laughs> wow. And, and I, well, you know, and that's keep, what I call amendments. We, we, we should have amendments to what's been there for 100, 200 years. I mean, there are laws on the books today. I mean, give you an example. We still consider three-fifths. I mean, I know there's men on here tonight, but, you know, when they were thinking, that was back when, you know, the, the men were supposed to be voting, but they called us three-fifths. Nobody's removed any of that. We need to go back, clean some of this stuff up. Yeah, to, that point, to, to that point, you know, one respondent said, <clears throat> one respondent said, the Constitution don't, the, the Constitution don't, don't mention anything about black. It, it don't say black. I said, and I put it back. I, I said, it says slaves. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're dealing with, you know. And so, and, and so, uh, you know, and so today, okay, like I said, you know, okay, roll it forward because they, they've been they've been doing it all week. And so today, what I told them was, I said, well, look, 
uh, I said, I said what I said. What white people need to realize is that you're not the majority in the world. I said America has uh, has has uh, is in a position where if we work together. You know, we can you know we can you know do this all over the world. I say so. You know, I, I said we need to you know you, you know we need to work together. But you know, and so forth. So now now so far as I put that one in, I haven't heard nothing today. But what they do is when when I put like like when I tell them. Like I told him one time I, I, a couple of days ago, I said white fragility is a real thing, right? And then so they start, mm-hmm. and they start you know, calling me names, and I say, and, and I say, <laughs> the lady said, I said, the lady said, the first response is, is, is anger, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then so later on, and then so they respond to that, and because I, I, I said check, and then so they respond to it, I say, I, I say, I say, and the second thing she said is that you know is you you know denial. So you know they're in denial right now of trying mm-hmm. to figure out, and like I say, and they're in denial as a group. And I'm saying that they need to uh, understand. And, and like I told, and, and I told one of one of them, I said, I said, what you need to do is step outside your white fragility box and look back and just look and see what's going on, and then maybe it'll look different to you. But you know, if, if you you know, folks telling me that one of them told me to uh, you know go find me another country, I told him I said I'm a Vietnam veteran, I'm vested. I said you go find you another country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm just saying, you know, you know, and there's a one, and it's one guy. He called me a bigot, and I told him, I oh, said, wow. uh, name calling is low IQ. Bye. Hmm. So I'm saying. Yeah. So basically, I'm just saying that, you know, but I'm still, you know, I'm still talking, you know. Now I got them, you know, you know. So since they talk, you know, so now, but but, but I want to try to teach them something. I don't want to just dismiss them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because because after I told them. You know, low IQ, a name calling. You know, you know, then a couple most quote sensible ones, uh, sounding ones. You know, start trying to talk. So, so I'm gonna keep talking mm-hmm. to them as long as they want to talk. But basically, you know, that's what we're gonna have to yeah. do, man. They gonna have to, you know, but white people are gonna have to talk to white people is what it amounts to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 it's, it's, it's really interesting out there. Yeah. Well, not only that, uh, we're going to have to make sure, though, that everyone is held accountable after these hearings are over. We can't just say, okay, we've had the hearing, but there, there needs to be some repercussions. Um, you know, we're still dealing with all kinds of things. I mean, here we are uh, in 2022. There there was a cop pulled over, a young man, because he's driving a Lexus. Now, what's sad is that in this case, it happened to be a Hispanic kid. Cop that mm-hmm. asked the black kid, "Hey man, why, how you get elected? What are you doing driving elected? We're in the twenty first mm-hmm. century, and we're still dealing with these issues. And something you said, uh, brother Arthur, about two weeks ago, is that uh, white privilege is not about being white; it's about uh, a state of mind or, or, or the it's empowerment. A, it's, a stat, it's a status. To, status. Status. A status. Status. That's given yeah. to people with authority. And, and what happens is, and that's the reason why we have to have these laws." Like see something, say something, laws with those other four or five cops that are sitting on top of uh, George Floyd that happen to be uh, Asian, black, or whatever. Someone they're following the duties of the commander, but they should be able to break off and, and, and do something immediately that maybe and save someone's life. But that's a status, like you said, that, that that's empowered uh, by the man, if you would, you know. Well, you know, uh, Jenny Thomas, you know, uh, you know, they they've been they talked about her a little bit the other day, <clears throat> you know. Now, you know, she talked. It turns out, you know, she talked to some 
I mean, she sent letters pressuring some 29 uh, Arizona uh, uh, state reps trying to get them to overturn election, told them it was told, told within their rights, which is not. And so mm-hmm. now they're trying to decide, well, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, is she going to get in trouble too for, for, you know, for the stuff. So, you know, there's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. So, and that Supreme Court, I, I posted a thing the other day. I told you it was, I told you it was crazy. I told you it had to be crazy up, up in there. Hey, they say it's crazy mm-hmm. up in that Supreme Court right now. <laughs> They still don't know who sent the letter. They still don't know who sent the letter. And now and everybody running around that mad. So so anyway, so hey, but hey, it's the Roberts Court. Well, I heard they have the National Guard on, on standby. Once oh, the yeah, Supreme that's Court. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be active right there. It's going to be very, very, uh, it's going to be very interesting because we think what happened with these, uh, what, on the six. Wait until this happens. We're going to find out where where everybody stands when this happens. You know, and it's, well, and, and it's really easy. frightening. Wait. Go, go, go ahead. Finish it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's going to show America, America, uh, when this happens. And and it's going to open up our history and everything. It's going to, you're going to call, you're going to see where people really stand with this. And we have to look and see why is this occurring? I think, you know, there. There, there, there's a there's a larger reason why all this is occurring at this time. I think we have to be sort of cognizant of that and be sort of observant of that uh, to to look and see what you know what's the real what's the, what's behind all of this demographic shift. Demographic shift. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's always been a problem. And that in number, you know, uh, when we look at Haiti and all those areas. See, that's that's another point. We in that demographic shift, we need to learn how to take control. Take control. I hope mm-hmm. when we move to a majority, we don't still expect to go to the minority for all our services. The signs on the yeah. wall now. If we should be preparing for becoming the majority. I'll put it that way. Well, what I told him, so I plan? said, you know, I, I said they're into their white fear. And, and because of the fear, and because of the fear, there, that's so why I told him on the thread. I said, I said, you're afraid that we're gonna do to y'all what y'all did to us. I say, but we don't have a history of taking other people's stuff. So, you know, all we want to do is just, you know, hey, you know, just uh, move on. So basically, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. You have to understand. I say, and, and, I, and I told him, you know, Caucasians, are, you know, y'all, you know, y'all not the majority of the world. So you know, you know, you, you know, we need to work together. Basically, I told them. So hey, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike. Well, you know, it goes back. It goes back to uh, the uh, bombing of uh, Black Wall Street. You know, I, I hadn't heard any more about that trial, but th- this is where we are now. Is that history is trying to repeat itself, and uh, we have to make sure as a body, black, white, Hispanic, everybody. Uh, Republican, Democrat, that we hold everyone's feet to the fire, and uh, no one's above the law. That uh, we're gonna show. I mean, if, if you commit a crime, uh, Dr. Michelle McKellar said something a couple uh, a week ago, and she said, you know, strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. She said, well, if you commit the crime, you should be out and strike. And she said, I never committed those crimes, and, and so I like that angle that she took on it. Is that hey, yeah, we don't, we didn't like that. We didn't like the results from 1996 and, and some of the uh, legislation that was passed. But at the same time, though, uh, you we have to hold those accountable. 
Well, guess what? That, that's not just for, for, for blacks and Hispanics and black and brown, where you have 146,000 people that's incarcerated, which are mostly 67% of black and brown folks in the state of Texas, which is uh, more uh, people in the population of Conroe, uh, uh, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. and so we have to make sure if, if they did the crime, uh, they need to do the time. So they need to lose mm-hmm. position and power. Senators, mm-hmm. legislators, whoever else wrote those uh, bogus letters. And see, mm-hmm. and, and, and see, therein lies the purpose, and therein lies one of uh, a, a problem, Doc. You, you know, we got folks here. We got a, we got a two tier justice system, where uh, oh, yeah. you know, you know, that, you know, not only does it have a racial component, it got a class component into it too. Oh, yeah. Yes, and so, just, it's always, and, and so there's always, yeah, it's always been that way. So if you look at back in our history, and when you, we we pass these laws, well, we need to look at the results of them. Because you know, in turn, you could write a you could write a law, but then looking just like a fish trap, who get who get caught in the law? You know, mm-hmm. and, and we, that's what that's what we're missing. It. We'll we'll look at the overall law that's written, but we don't follow it long enough <laughs> and see who get caught in the law. For example, with exactly what you're talking about, the three strikes out. Sure, that sounds good legalistically. But when, mm-hmm. when you look at the design, it wasn't designed mm-hmm. to be a, a, America never designed law to be fair. When, I, I'm, when I'm talking about fair for us, uh, it, the, the laws are written for the fairness of the majority. So you sure yeah. three strikes out makes sense. But yeah, but a shoplifter shouldn't, uh, somebody shoplifted something three times shouldn't get life in prison. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. We, well, that's right. So that's why you right. see, we, uh, one thing in America, we yeah. don't analyze anything. We, we don't even yeah. follow up. We don't even research the results. You know, Washington, Washington D.C. put stuff out. They never evaluate the results. For, like what you just said, what we need to analyze what we approve, and we need to, le- we need to elect people up there who put these laws together to analyze them before they pass. You know, you don't pass no law, you don't analyze the results like a three strike out, you know, like you say. So who is that applying to? Now, we look at our history and look at the numbers. So the numbers tell you, well, something wrong with that law. The laws of America were formed and developed around controlling black bodies. So go ahead. Always been that way. And so when you look at any law... If you look at any law written today, it has that same potential in. If you go back to American history, healthcare, education, everything, that was the end result. So we need we need to elect people who know how to how to analyze things. Don't just put mm-hmm. something out in a sentence without analyzing it. We don't analyze anything out of Washington D.C. We just put it out there. It sounds good. It looks good. But look who get caught in the net. And then we don't have enough people who say, "Hey, wait a minute, something wrong with this. Why we have all okay, these people?" Okay, you say, uh, 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 okay, now you said something about the uh, about we need to elect people that 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 ain't gonna be doing that. So, so, so you know, give us give, give us a little bit more about that. I mean, how do we do that? Well, what does them people look like? Well, well, we need to, you know, when we elect people, the other people, we need to, these these we need people to ask them those secondary questions before we elect them. You know, don't elect someone. They go for they go learn after you elect them what they should and should not do. We need a mechanism in which we train the right people who go in there with analytical minds on the front end and, and, and look for some of these answers before you pass things. Those are the kind of people. See, those are the politicians of the future. 
we have to look, elect politicians teachers who can look around the corner and and, and look at the future. Uh, we don't maybe, we don't need to just let. The doctor, look here, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and and uh, and, and, and Coop, you can like you know tell them and tell them about something like about it. The way the system is currently set up, the, the you know again, you know we're putting pressure on the coalition black Democrats, uh, but but the way the system is set up, we're going we're kind of set up, we have to have another system to to develop those kind of people that you're talking about because the system yeah. that we have currently in place. Uh, it's so uh, 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 jaded in a certain kind of algorithm that that that, that once you go get in it, then you find, then you find yourself uh, in some kind of a line, you know, uh, you know, assembly yep. line or something. And, yep. And, uh, yep. and, and, like, and and it always ends in nothing. And so basically, yep, what exactly. I'm just saying is that you, you know we're going to have to uh, develop uh, you know some other type of apparatus, uh, you know, independent of of that particular. Uh, uh, you know, dynamic we got going on right now. But so, so what do you think about that, Mike? Because you know, you you you, know, you work in as a uh, campaign in it. Well, look at uh, what happened with our Supreme Court justice when they said they weren't going to mess with this law and this uh, call and this just. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're fighting for women's rights all over again. You know, and they're talking mm-hmm. about the uh, Brown versus Board of Education and all these other things mm-hmm. that might be coming up. So uh, even though we say. We interview these folks and bet these folks, and they lie to our face and say, "Yeah, I'm going to be a great Supreme Court judge, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that." And then they get up there and and, and, and we were lied to our face, and they don't even unapologetic. Mhm, 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 mhm. That's right. So we got to find mm-hmm. a way to recognize the lie before they get up there. You know, we don't love, we don't recognize the lie when they tell us when we then we go and elect them. We didn't understand well, the lines. Yeah. Then, then we have to look at term limits and other things like that for Supreme Court justices and, and for congressmen and senators and, and things like that. We have to look at this uh, real, not just when we're mad, not just when there's a shooting, not just when, you know, we have to continue yeah. the conversation. We can't give up. I heard a lady today just told me locally today. Uh, she said, well, you know, uh, we got still got this problem and, and we're supposed to have transparency uh, with the police department and this and this. I said, hold on a second. I said, as your president of the NAACP, you asked me to get more minority or more folks that's going to uh, have the poor people in mind and, and, and uh, minorities in mind. But at the same time, I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. I say, so those folks are there now. So it's now your job as a citizen mm-hmm. to show up at City Hall and the commissioner's mm-hmm. court and say, hold on, mm-hmm. we put you in mm-hmm. the seat. And we can take yep. you out to see. And I don't care if you black or white or Democrat or yep. Republican, do what you were exactly. elected to do. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what and, they're not and, doing. And, well, well, you know, one thing that people, one thing that uh, uh, you know, that our people need to understand is, is that, is that the the Democratic Party and the NAACP are not the same thing. Right. And exactly. And, 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 and we need to, and we need to make, and, and that needs to be more made, made more clearer, because we, and the reason I say that because the reason I say that because okay, you see the way the Democratic Party are able to take advantage of us because the Republican Party is so, so really right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, now for the NAACP to actually lean toward either one of, I mean, I'm saying you know we need to be walking with right. That's all I'm saying. NAACP. That's correct. Uh, That's all I'm saying. You know, and, and for us to have folks confused, and for us to have folks confused about you know thinking, and I'm going, 
No, 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 no. They got they, the Democratic Party have their own interests at heart. They are not. They 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 ain't trying. Look here, most black folks live in the South. Democratic Party ain't did no kind of uh, 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 development of vote in the South. No, they mm-hmm. just do a mm-hmm. they just do a drive by doing the primaries, right? Yep. You know, and then they yep. pick up right. and then they pick up the money and, the, and then they pick up the money in the general, and yep. then they go yep. on about they go on about their way. So all I'm saying is that you know we need to be uh, we need to be outside putting pressure on the Democratic Party. You know, you know, to if they're gonna be getting our vote, they need to be developing our, our young people to run in these positions instead of just yep. uh, you know right. ignoring all that power. We, we need to do we need to do that right now. We need to ask the definition right. of the Democratic Party, and we need to we know we don't need to be waiting to get somebody to vote for November. We should uh, we should start what you just said right now. Identify sometimes I think they sort of forget who they are. But they, you need to identify that right now, and also some of them need to understand you have to have a success story. You got to, you got to, you have to accomplish something. You know, you, you know, mm-hmm. you can define yourself by what you accomplish. If you haven't accomplished anything, right. you have a hard time. Uh, you know, I have a hard time recognizing any of these groups. Their names sound good, and all this kind of stuff. If you look, if you look at their name, you think they're turning the world over. But you look at the results, the name, you, you can't see the name in relationship to a success story. Nobody have a success story. I mean, who, whatever you call yourself. I, I found somebody, one of these groups you thought they had some kind of connection, we'll find that sometimes they don't have any funds, they don't have any plans, they're just a name. Right. Someone, they almost look like, what's this, sheep clothes? Wolves and sheep clothes? That's what I would call all of them. They sound good, but when you come to results, they're over there. And when, and when you ask them for results, who can show me a success story of all these groups? List them all out. What what can they say over the last two years that they accomplished that? Not that I would understand. If you go to a black person in rural East Texas and sit on his porch or her porch and ask them, do they understand what any of these groups have accomplished? Have you experienced anything these groups have done for you that benefits you in this rural dirt road in East Texas with no internet? You sitting out here by yourself, all this stuff. You well, like I say, uh, well, like I say, Doc. You know, I told you about. Uh, you know, I told you about. We came in and started that process uh, back in the '90s. You know, we came right, we, we came in and did the work. Like I so said, I worked that area, and uh, but, but but we dropped the ball. We, there was no follow up. There was no follow up. You know, none I'm, whatsoever. No follow up. No fault. No, you, not, none whatsoever. And, yeah, yeah, and see, and that's and that's and that's and that's our fault. The state conference NAACP. That's our fault that we didn't do that. Now, 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 I did bring it up during this campaign. I did talk with them, and uh, and, and of course, you know, they did a press conference. You know, it's, it's online. They did a press conference where they talked about, uh, you know, what happened. That and, you know, you know, they admitted that they didn't. You know, Gary admitted. That, you know, he didn't go back. That they didn't go back down there. And check it out. This, you know, this, that, and other. But they said they were gonna go back down there. Now I don't, I don't know if they'd have went back down there yet. I ain't heard well, nothing. Well, you know my answer. Were, you know uh-huh. my answer to that. They need to stay where they are. They need to recognize people in East Texas. They don't need copybaggers coming into East Texas. Well, we need to grow. We need to recognize and recognize and grow our own people in East Texas. 
we started having that problem with uh, some pastors moving out of Dallas, coming into pastor churches in East Texas, but that's another issue. But what we need to do, people in East Texas understand East Texas. Meanwhile, people from East Texas don't are ineffective in East Texas. They don't understand East Texas. I told somebody there the other day, you know, you can have a black who raised in East Texas, and they moved to Dallas and Houston and everything. They've forgotten about East Texas, and East Texas has forgotten about them. So what there are, we are blessed with people sitting right here in East Texas. He might be wearing overalls. You know, he, he, may, he may have a cowboy hat on. Listen to that person. Uh, he would yeah. tell you about how to survive in East uh, and then, you know, these ladies are very vocal in these things. You go and talk to one of these sisters sitting in these rural towns, these small rural churches, and listen to her. And, that, and, and so that's what the NAACP and all these other names need. They don't need to be bringing people in here from anywhere else. They, we need to grow our own. Right. Well, our own are here. We need to listen to our own here in these things. You don't need to grow on. You just need to listen to them. They'll show, they'll show you. I, I told somebody else with our prostate project. If you have a success program like this prostate program, you can get every person in East Texas vote for you. If you on board with this prostate program, see. And so, and so, when we when we roll this out, we could tell people we could get people vote for you if you if you support this. But if you don't understand this, you're not on board with this. You don't come in East Texas expect somebody to vote for you and talk about what's going to happen. So they see the results of Washington and see the results of Austin. You don't explain that to them. We just, and our young people, my God, we need some kind of way to listen to our youth in East Texas and get them on board. Uh, get You know, talk with them, communicate with them, listen to them. Because I tell you, there's a major gap between what we're seeing and our young, uh, I say young people, young adults. We some kind of way got to get them in here. And, and, and get them helping us design. Can you mention telehealth, uh, where that's going, telemedicine, where that's going? We are, we're left out. So we got to get involved. We got to uh, tell people, grow people in East Texas. Don't import, import people out of, into East Texas. Grow the people that's here in East Texas. Listen to the people here in East Texas. They're already grown. Just listen to them. Well, you know, the, the best way to keep uh, young people in an area is to give them opportunity. Now, the, 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 you know, with technology that we have now, actually, they can create, you can create opportunity, and, you know, and almost, you know, almost anywhere. So, uh, so maybe that's one of the things that we, you know, that we need to focus on. We need to focus on, like, like down in East Texas, that's, you know, the area is growing. You know, there should no, be yeah. a lot of opportunity to just, you know, stay there uh, and, uh, you know, work it. So basically, because uh, I know y'all got a lot of intelligent uh, young folks down there, because I've met, met a lot of them. And uh, so y'all got the resources. It's just about organization, you know, organizing, and giving, right. you know, working with, work with what's in place, and then just try to grow it from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, 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 before we go on, I want to, the, the, the Mike, you said, okay, this, tell us a little bit more about the Belcher Freedom Fund that's coming up this, this uh, when it's Friday? It's going to be Friday night. Uh, we're going to have a press conference at 6 p.m. because we're going to interview our um, – uh, marvelous Monday uh, lady, and that is Dr. Shirley McKellar, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to uh, talk to her. Matter of fact, uh, hopefully, this TV is there. If not, uh, I'll be there, and we're going to have some local uh, press there. We're going to have uh, Tony Renfro's show there. Uh, we're going to have several people doing interviews. At 7 p.m., we're going to, uh, matter of fact, we're going to be from 6 to 7, we're going to have a social hour, and then at 7 p.m., we're going to get started 
and uh, we'll be there until 9. That's going to be at the Beaumont Civic Center downtown Beaumont on Main Street. And uh, that's this Friday night, June 17th, weekend. That's why we always do our Freedom Fund Banquet during that time period. With COVID, it kind of pushes us around. We had two years off, but we're back last December, now back in June. Uh, we raised our scholarship funds from uh, uh, $1,500 uh, no, $1, to $1,900. Uh, we had uh, partners that had really blessed us, so we were able to cover our overhead, uh, pay for our speakers, and do all the other things, and increase our uh, giving of our three uh, scholarship recipients. There's a big uh, letter in the newspaper by one of our uh, sponsors, uh, Sempra. Uh, that's a, a huge company here in Southeast Texas that's really making a difference. We're partnering with them to help find youth jobs. Uh, they can get certified within six months and get on a job to pay them $25 an hour. So uh, that's what it's all about. It's about our youth. Uh, we're excited. Uh, hope if you can make it by Wednesday, uh, it's going to be our last uh, day to accept any money or tickets. Uh, we, we have done an incredible job. I got an incredible team. I'm so excited about our future. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Sound good. The, the, Doc, you got any questions to ask him about the about the program and the and our oh. the marvelous speaker? I'm gonna say sure. something about it in a minute. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be down there uh, on Wednesday, Doc Cooper. Uh, you know our prostate project we're rolling out on the 11th. Uh, we needed to identify where well, there are three sites down there that male, black males can go and get that PSA done. Uh, they were recommended by Quest. Uh, I'm going down there to meet with the doctors at those clinics. There's, there are two clinics there in Beaumont, and there's one over in Orange. I'm going through and look at that, I'll meet them, and thank them for participating because uh, we'll want to target uh, 500 black males to get a PSA between July and September. So I'm coming into uh, – uh, Bowmount, I'll be there Wednesday to look at those two sites, do a site visit. But we're also going to need to work with a church there and there to sort of help us with the flow because these doctor offices will be seeing regular patients. So for them to do testing for any additional patients, we need to sort of monitor the flow into their offices. But I'll be down there Wednesday, probably say hello to you. Uh, to look at those sites and see how they can handle them. But this is going to be an enormous program. Uh, this prostate program is going to be a name changer. And I hope all males attend your even above 40 who will have, will have had or will have a PSA exam. So uh, uh, we'll, okay, we'll be looking okay. for that. So, so we are, uh, we have 500 males we want to identify between uh, uh, July and September. Not only with prostate, but we're going to telemedicine, all this other stuff going to be attached to it. So uh, we're looking forward. It's going to be a name changer in the state of Texas as it relates to health care because also it's going to open the doors. How do you reach rural communities of color households? And it's going to help our health groups. Uh, several companies are coming on board, but it's going to be a name changer because we're going to change, we're going to take charge of health care. The experiences we hear and of our people being exposed, no longer we can accept that. So we're drawing a line and we're going to, this is going to be a major uh, name change. So look forward. Good luck down there. Uh, wish we uh, was hoping we could have our flyers ready before your event, but we just need a couple of approvals. Really, I need an approval on those sites down there because those sites are listed on the flyer. So that's why the flyer is not being distributed right now. That's why we moved it back because we want to confirm that those sites that are listed down there in Orange and Beaumont. So when the, because those flyers will be the ticket for someone to go to their doctor's office 
going to be all free. All they have to do is show up, and it's, it's all paid. But we want to make sure those fights are on board before we put their name out there. That's why. That's why. That's why I'm coming down there to make to assure that they're on board and and they're they're willing to participate. Two of them already said it, so I'm looking forward to just meeting the doctors, talking to them on the phone. It's not very exciting. But another point I want to make sure I want to make sure those doctors' offices were are accessible to a black community. Mm-hmm. They were identified by someone else, but you know we got to, we we got to be real. Disparity in healthcare uh, and and our I, uh, relationship depend on where these offices are located and also what kind of experience individuals had in those offices. So I really need to know what's the feeling of the black communities down there about these all about these positions offices that have been recommended. I don't want to be in a site where no blacks go there and nobody's been there <laughs> on the wrong side of town. So I, I'll talk with you yeah. about that, uh, Pastor Cooper, to make sure, because as okay. you well know, again, the guys in the site, if, if they're going to an area in town that we don't tend to go there, that might be a problem. Well, I'll talk with you about that specifically, but Good luck with your program. I know Doc's going to do a fantastic job down there. And so, you know, just hats off to the whole success, what you do. And all those also those scholarships and the job people. That's that's fantastic. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for a fantastic job you're doing down there. Hey, Mike, that, Thank you, Doc. Hey, Mike, you know that this is Juneteenth weekend. I, I, you know, normally I love it. It's my birthday weekend, and it's Juneteenth weekend. All right. You've got a lot of activities up here. Got a lot of activities up here in the area, up here in Dallas. You know, Juneteenth being a a, a national holiday, right? And all. Uh, thank you, George Floyd. And uh, so, so like yeah. I said, so now, you know, it's going to be activities uh, galore. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing down there. So, so what is so what do y'all have planned for Juneteenth down in uh, down in Beaumont? Well, uh, uh, Sunday our civic uh, uh, center is going to be open again. Uh, downtown Main Street again, and uh, I'd like to thank our city councilmen, and we got a lot of them elected that look like us, and, and they just jumped on board with that national holiday and made a big deal of it, spent money, city's money, our money, and, uh, you know, one example they used is that they used to have a big beer fest down here, and they spent eighteen twenty thousand dollars 20000 so they said, yeah, you probably heard of those too, and so... Uh, we said we, we want to at least match that. I mean, so we're, we're mm-hmm. celebrating something that's grander than a beer fest. So let's at least yeah. go off the $20,000 budget. Yeah. You know, I was reading some, uh, you know, I was, because uh, uh, you know, I'm a history buff, so I've been, I was checking out some stuff. But, like, you know, like most folks don't understand, you know, like, uh, like when people start moving out here from the north, moving to Texas, I used to run into these, uh, our northern cousins. And they would all have the same mantra about about how we about how you know we didn't find out till the nineteenth of June, nineteen sixty-five. And see, and most of them, and see, most of them don't understand. I think the last, I think the last battle of the Civil War was like in April of nineteen sixty-five. And so you know, and so you know, folks don't understand, you know, that number one, y'all wasn't free till we was free, and that's what I, you know, so I try to tell them all. Look, if I wasn't free, then y'all wasn't free. And then so they, and then so, and, and, and what would happen was happen when they would come down here, uh, culturally, when they go on these jobs, uh, you know, that was like a test that that you know that white employ, you know, white folks would give them. Uh, you know, what about this Juneteenth thing? You know, oh, I don't know why they be celebrating that. You know, they be getting engaged on what kind of, <laughs> right. you know, on what they, you know, what they got here. You know, so I'm just saying. And so now, you know, having grown up, uh, you know, from a sharecropper situation. You know, we you know we didn't celebrate Fourth of July, 
We celebrate 19th June. Yeah. And so we've never celebrated 4th of July. And so uh, mm-hmm. now to see it, you know, now to see it as a, you know, as a national holiday, you know, hey, you know, so for all you folks uh, from the north that thought y'all was free when we wasn't, now, mm-hmm. now we got a day that we can all enjoy. So I hope you ain't shame of it, cause we gon' cause we gon' have it anyway. Yeah, now we need to ask that question. We need to ask ourselves the question: What happened? You ask ourselves the question: What? What happened after we were free? What would happen? I know we mentioned uh, earlier about the bombing of uh, Tulsa, some of the cities where we started own, started our own businesses. You know, we that that all sort of failed. Uh, they look like time here in East Texas, CUNY. So the no food stamps or nothing. Wasn't no food stamps or nothing. Whether where them black, them slave, them slave codes, those uh, those uh, those black codes came along, and then we got back mm-hmm. in the put us back in semi-slavery. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I tell all the people here in East Texas, the elected officials and all people in education. If you want to learn East Texas, you need to read the book called Life on Plantation. If you redraw the lines in East Texas for sure, you will see that 80% of the black communities are still on the plantation. The guys at the medical school, graduate school, and political politicians, if you want to talk to a black in East Texas, you need to understand that he or she still have connection to that plantation. So I told them in academic school system, graduate school system, your health care, you don't talk, you, you don't reach a black person in these states without understanding that he or she still have plantation connection because they, their household that, that, is that, still that, on that. you said that a couple of times on the show, on different shows. Okay, now what do you mean? We, we say uh, they need to understand a plantation connection. What exactly is that? There is a book written by a young lady called The Life on Plantation. That book, everybody should read that book because it, it tells out specifically in detail the lives that occur on the plantation, health care, food, diets, and all that. And when you draw the lines in East Texas, you'll see the majority of the black communities are still on those plantations because they're a result of the donation from doing share crops. So well, you're saying that their attitudes... So oh, you're saying yeah. that their attitudes are shaped by... We, we, yeah, we see that in health care. Blacks remember, any, these blacks in East Texas remember having to go to the back door. They don't mm-hmm. see that yeah. back door. Mentally, they they're, love they're, they're still going to the back door. Mentally. Well, see, they, they, see, that's right. See, And so to reach that person, to talk to that person, you have to understand that. Because I have a horrible story. One of my close friends just experienced in one of the hospitals here in East Texas today. That shouldn't happen. What happens should not happen, but I know it happened a thousand times through our healthcare system, uh, through our NOAA in Texas. And so when you talk about celebration, you have to ask your court you have to ask yourself the question, what happened? Mm-hmm. Education, what happened? Healthcare, what happened? Jobs, what happened? Economic, what happened? What happened? You know, and, and, and we had all that. Where do we do? Well, I know in healthcare, we trusted someone else to take care of us. We see the results of, of uh, that right now. We experience that right now. That's why we have preconditions. That's why we have all the death rates with COVID and all that. 
because we thought someone else was going to take care of us. But look where we are. We're pre- preconditioned. So they really we, 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 Doc, you know, even the health care system, look, look here, like back in, like the pharmaceutical, uh, you know, when, when people start, when America started going away from natural cures and all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> the pharmaceutical went up, the, the, you know, rich guys, those barons again, they set mm-hmm. up a pharmaceutical a company back in the I guess like turn of century, nineteen eleven or somewhere up in there. You know, you know, and they set this current medical system up the way it is now, built around yep. pharmaceuticals. Yep, yep, yep. That so we just right. and remember and for a long time and for a long time, remember, because when I was growing up, you know, we didn't go to the doctor every year or nothing like that. You know, we did natural cures. You know, mm-hmm. you had to mm-hmm. be something really wrong with you to go to the hospital or something. So basically, you know, and so and so now bring it forward, you know, now since there's money in it like I say, you know, you you know, you walk around all your life, you know, you know, you ain't got nothing, no kind of bag. Then when you turn sixty five, you get you show them that Medicare card, next thing you know, you got a bag full of medicine. That's right. That's Hello, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Hagney is from the pharmacy department now. What are you saying there? Uh, well, well, that's well, that's all I no, he's not pharmaceutical. I can confirm what you just said. That's the bell I've been fighting right, for years. Because I know, I know, he's right. Because I know the power of pharmaceutical companies. You can look at that and see. You can go to Washington D.C. right now. When someone talking about they're gonna reduce drug costs, all I tell them, ask, show me the list of what pharmaceutical companies have donated to our current elected officials in Washington D.C. And then you will understand why there will be no rollback of drug costs in America because everybody receiving too much money from the pharmaceutical companies. But another issue that's occurring, and one of my church members just me. We don't know the price of the drugs. We are paying more for drugs because drugs are billed out on different tiers. If your physician is not aggressive enough, they'll write prescriptions for you for tier one drugs that no one can afford. But then they don't realize there are other drugs. There are other drugs that might be generic drugs, but that physician, if he doesn't, if he doesn't care about that, he'll always, he'll write that up because back to the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. connection to make money. No, no. He'll write you that mm-hmm. your insurance kind of will pay for another drug. And two things we're gonna do with the prostate project. First of all, we're gonna one of the we're gonna have people to update their medical records. People need to look at their medical records. There are old drugs on individual medical records that's right now. So if you go to a merge room, whatever that they can make the mistake and think you still on that medication. They need to delete all those uh, DC all those expired meds off your medical record. The other thing, we need a, we need instruction how to get rid of meds. A lot of people have medications around. That they don't know what to do with those meds. There should be got, we're going to work with pharmacists, identify where you can take those back, officially de- uh, de- see those meds. But I tell you, the problem is right now, people are making a decision between $5 with a gasoline, food, and growth. They're also going to make that decision with medication. They're going to have some old expired medication. Yeah. I shouldn't say this. <laughs> but anyway, hey, there's, hey, a problem, look there's a problem. There's a problem with expired mm-hmm. meds still in people's homes. They should be out of their needs, and they need to know how to destroy doc, but those the meds. Issue, doc, but the issue is, doc. But before we get there, the issue is, doc, is over prescribing. Oh, it's too, oh that's yeah. why. Oh, that's why they're there. And we need oh, to yeah, go I, to I, find I, out. We, we need to go to. We, we now we need to go to pharmaceuticals about all this over prescribing that they're doing. I know. I, you know, I agree. and, I agree. and they know they're doing it. And so, basically, says we need to get with them about that. But see, we see that's back to education by medication. So we go in the doctor's office and don't ask questions. 
we keep they keep writing those medications for us. But part of our prostate project, we're going to educate our community about ask questions about medications, and there are pharmaceutical companies going to be involved. You should be we should have to be put in position. Well, look at that. When we didn't have no money, okay, and we went to the doctor, we didn't have to worry about the doctor oh, prescribing us nothing because we didn't have no money. But but now. Oh, he, you you got to go into the doctor's office to the and you got to go in there to defend yourself. You got to go defend yourself going to the doctor. And I'm just saying that, that patients shouldn't have to be under that kind of attack. We should have to be under that kind of attack. One thing you need to start the start of that, we're going to have a part of the prostate project. Every person should have on their body a list of the medications they're on. Take it with you just like an emergency card. Because you go to the doctor's office, they're going to ask you what medication you're on. If you're on receiving five or six, you visiting five or six different doctors, they all need to look at your medication record. And forgive me, if you go to the emergency room and you don't, have, and that's another reason why you need to have this medication list on you. You go to the emergency room, they need to look and see your medical record and see what medication you're currently on. That's going to be part of the new telehealth system. So, so it'll take the guesswork out of what medication you're on. And also, if you're going to multiple doctors, they can look at you and see what medical history you're on. They won't over-prescribe you. So you, the first question doctors should actually go to the office, show me your drug list. And that's one thing we're going to do through the Prostate Project, help people develop a drug list that you have on you at all times. And also, there's other discussion about destroying old meds and all that kind of stuff. But that's going to see our, this, this Prostate Project, not only just getting PSAs, we're going to be looking at that whole telehealth component. Uh, of an individual. That's why I'm so – this is going to be a name changer with this project. Uh, there are people coming on board because they see right now how it's going to unpack, and also from my viewpoint, we need to get some youth on board with telehealth. We think that would be to get out. And we're looking for a young person on our board, a, a young adult person who would like telehealth that could come on board and help us do what we just talked about, uh, teach our adults how to you look at their blood pressure on a, on a cell phone because that's where it's going. And, and how to just drug list, all that. We need a young person, entrepreneur-minded person that could come on board. We will play. We want to place that person on our board to, be, to that connect with our young population because we got to get our young population on board. Like I said, this program would not be 100% successful if we don't get youth involved in help getting the technology information out to our seniors So we and listen to them. In that program, so we got to find a young person who entrepreneurial, creative minded that, that can help us bring other youth, other young. You got some, young, well, you got some fine, we got some, you got some fine black colleges down there. You should be able to find some nice minds somewhere around there. And some we're of those, gonna meet. Uh, we're, we're not planning to meet with all three colleges: Texas College, and Jarvis, and, and uh, Wiley. That's gonna be our discussion with them. We're gonna look at UT and other groups here because we're looking at technology class. For the kids to teach, learn this technology, that we can pull them into this program, pull them, get them partnering in this program to get this information out to our community. Mm, okay, okay, okay. And, and, and since we just, you know, since we're waiting on sure, we're waiting on sure McKellar. She should be back. She has to do some uh, some some uh, 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 stuff at her at, at the taste delight. Uh, so I just want to just you know take the moment just ask Michael Cooper. He wants to if he because you know he he ran for he ran for uh, governor and so forth and did a great job 
And so, uh, uh, I, I mean, Mike, if you just tell us about some of your plans for the future, because, you know, we really haven't talked to you in a while on on, on this format about that. So, so, so what's up for the future? Uh, what you're looking at? Uh, who you with? All right. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. You know, my wife tells me to be with myself in the corner and sit down and rest for about nine months, but it's hard to do that as I found myself in uh, East Texas again, uh, Tyler, Texas. We were down there last Sunday. I uh, had a great time uh, bringing more light to uh, the sad shootings yet again, uh, trying to make sure that uh, Cornyn and all the people in Washington remember that we're watching them. Uh, making sure that our legislators here in uh, Texas know that we're watching them. I said back then we're going to give them 30 days to mourn, and we're going to come back to them, and you brought up a great point, that there's enough laws, I I mean enough ideas out there to just bring those together. And then we're going to hold our legislators' feet to the fire, and and we're going to have a uh, conference there probably in the Speaker's Room in the Capitol. And uh, like I said, I'm giving them 30 days. We're giving them 30 days. Morning, and then we're going to uh, demand all the things that they're talking about that the uh, governor uh, calls special sessions. Uh, th- there's going to be a group that you see and hear about coming out. Matter of fact, this team is going to be a part of that group. I, I spoke with Eric Williams on yesterday. You know, we're on TV. Uh, we're, we're on Roku. Uh, you are, I am, Dr. Sterling McKelly are. And then I was on an interview Sir with Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was on the interview with Cliff uh, uh, the other night uh, with uh, Piney Woods Schools in, out of California. Okay, yeah. did an interview with them yesterday. So, I mean, we, we, oh, we're okay, busy. Right. I, I'm, I'm, don't tell, I hope my wife's not listening to this because I'm supposed to be sitting still. But uh, <laughs> we're coming out <laughs> under my nonprofit umbrella called uh, GAAP, GAP. The reason why I call it GAP with, uh, uh, is the capital A, GA, capital A, with a small A sitting on top of the, the capital A. And it's globally uh, assisting all people. And uh, we want to close the health gap, the wealth gap, the injustice gap, just to give you three quick things to understand. But uh, as we meet other folks across the great state of Texas, the United States, we want to bring attention to those issues, and we want teams and members like ourselves to, to go back into the community and do the hard work and get people engaged and ignited and reconnected. Hey, uh, and look here, and while we're doing this, Doc, you know, you, you know, we all kind of came, it came together and just became a team by osmosis a long time ago. Now, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, can you just kind of just tell the uh, tell the viewers a little bit a bit about you, because you know, you slid in real smooth, and uh, you know, I don't know if you ever got a proper introduction. So, could you kind of tell us a little a little bit about Doctor Hagman? And, you know, you know how you come to this moment. <laughs> I, I would say it's almost just one word, Jesus. Uh, I, I was born and raised here in East Texas. I really, I, I'm really back on my family farm. I'm right now. My home here on Lake Palestine is part of our farm. So I grew up here in, uh, in East Texas, family of 11. Uh, my bo- um, of course, they are farmers. They're sure crops here. Of course, my, my own property. And then off to a, uh, a, a segregated school. Um, that was Stan High School, and uh, I, a lot of my the teaching there, I would say the, oh, 
the, uh, the black teachers in the back in those days knew how to uh, teach black students. And also education back then was a, was a community. And so and I would give a lot of my risk to that. And, of course, uh, out of school, out to wait for a, a black out of East Texas really to a certain extent through the military. Uh, but I was interested in going to science courses was sort of interesting to me and challenge, not that challenging. I had some scholarship offers, but I wanted to go to the military. I wanted to follow one of my older, older brothers into the military. But back in then, those days, high school principals sort of uh, followed you and everything. He, uh, Texas Southern, alerted him that I did not come down for those scholarships. So he, he talked me into going into, well, basically a pharmacy school. Uh, back in those days, I didn't know anything about pharmacy. We'd go... We'd haul tomatoes to downtown Jacksonville. We, Dad, we'd stop in this store and put pretty liquids in there and buy some candy. That's all I basically knew about pharmacy, even through high school. But Texas, uh, the, uh, well, the black school was a plus for me. Uh, Texas Southern was another major plus for me because I was able to go and see other blacks who, who really, uh, I really didn't know existed, intelligent blacks, and just being around there at Texas Southern. Uh, there at the pharmacy school, and just seeing the law school and all the things that had developed there. Because back in those days, majority of the healthcare black professionals were from HBCUs. And so, and then, of course, pharmacy was a blessing for me, meaning that I went into pharmacy. And I, pharmacy, I was chief pharmacist of a lot of hospitals and off into graduate school there, university, didn't see my degrees in, uh, in uh, pharmacy, clinical pharmacy. And for some reason, pharmaceutical companies always tried to recruit me. Uh, Bristol Myers finally did that. They want to they want to establish their oncology and a cancer division. Uh, but the territory, the physicians who knew how to treat cancer patients, even less knew anything about chemotherapy drugs. You can almost count them on on two hands outside of MD Anderson in the state of Texas. So my territory was from Texas up to Kansas across to. Uh, Vegas and down to uh, New Mexico. My responsibility was to teach back then nurses and doctors what the, what the word oncology meant. Listen on the chemotherapy drugs that most people were afraid of because it was long, interesting names. So I spent a lot of years with Bristol Myers uh, uh, as a district manager with Bristol Myers, and I retired from Bristol Myers. They made they made the mistake of offering their early retirement, and <laughs> I wanted to come back to East Texas. And so I took care of retirement. And as a consultant pharmacist, I moved back to East Texas to consult in long-term care nursing homes. I, I knew that was a major issue. That was a major problem. Of course, I didn't want to retire in, in Houston. I wanted to retire in East Texas. So that's why I moved my company here to East Texas. I consulted in long-term care uh, for a number of years. And during those years, I, uh, healthcare was always an interest of mine. When I was in graduate school there in uh, at Tennessee, uh, the neighborhood schools, the, uh, the communities there in uh, Mississippi. Those earlier, uh, very few people remember when they talk about the managed care uh, program. Uh, so I was, I was exposed to those rural health uh, programs. My wife and I, uh, and maybe she followed me all over the country. We organized minority uh, health conferences, and we, we St. Louis, Atlanta, and we would drive off and set up those conferences. Back then, concern of African Americans knowing healthcare and being a role in healthcare, and that's where my roots are, uh, basically in healthcare areas. And then, of course, I I, uh, I decided to retire. Uh, of course, it was hard for me to retire. Uh, when I heard uh, several about two years ago, the discussion about the uh, virus, 
uh, then I knew that was going to be a main a name changer. And when the government said, "We'll uh, you can register online, get in line, get a vaccine," I knew that was another major issue. So I, uh, what God blessed me with the idea to establish what we call Northeast Texas Healthcare Task Force. Anyway, I knew it was going to take a task force to solve, address this issue because if you don't want anything done more than two years, you give it to a committee. Because usually committees, usually, they're supposed to dissolve themselves after two years. If a committee hadn't solved the problem in two years, they need to look itself and read the design, dissolve themselves and start all over. But so the task force, I knew we addressed, first of all, the discussion of virus caught everybody by, not by surprise. It leveled the playing field. They level the playing field between the Harvard, the Yale, the Texas Southern, the Prairie and all those for the knowledge of the, of the, of the virus. And then the healthcare, knowing America doesn't, does not have a national healthcare system, I knew that was going to be a major issue because you can say one thing in Washington from a president position, then every governor and every uh, mayor could come up with their own idea how to implement something. And that's what we, that's what we have experienced, and that's what we experienced in the healthcare. Uh, governors and city men and people try to make decisions. So I knew that was going to be a major issue. So that's why we organized the, the task force. And the blessing of the task force, it started with the church. Why the church? If you look back in our history, everything in our community started the black church. Education, health care, all of it. So to address this issue and to reach, we call this Northeast Texas Health Care uh, Task Force uh, for Communities of Color. That was going to be. I knew that was going to be another issue. Uh, when you mentioned rural to Washington D.C. or urban to Washington D.C. in Austin, they sort of know that. But when you mentioned Northeast Texas rural communities of color, everything fall off the off the table because Washington doesn't know anything about rural communities of color, particularly how to reach them. And then, of course, uh, Austin trying to, but they still have a issue. So we knew to address the area to reach the communities of color, north, rural communities of color, you have to go through the black church. It's just in the black, rural black communities, not in Washington, D.C., not who you elect in Center Austin. Is that pastor, now with, you know, is that aggressive pastor in that black church, in that community where the trust exists? And so that's how we set, and that's the success we've had with the vaccination is going to that. And then people ask me, how does how do you identify the church? Well, I say it was God. Someone uh, might mention this church or that pastor. I would go there and meet that pastor. Upon meeting that pastor, I knew God has been working with that pastor long, long before we met. And there, so that's how we identify these these church hubs and work. It's been amazing how these pastors have come on board. And also, early on, there's a little territoriness. With with uh, with our with our religious our program, Baptist, Methodist, and all that. So we've always been a little issue about working together. One of the blessings of this task force, we have not had any problem. We work across all denominations, all the denominational participate. So that was my daughter, who is in a graduate program at uh, the um, there at the um, theological Dallas Theological Group. She mentioned the reason why it's working because you have a common cause. You have a common reason. That whether you're Catholic, Methodist, God of Christ, whatever, you have a common cause, a common reason for people to work together. And that's been our success with the task force. We go in with the pastor, ask them the date that they did that, that, that was ideal for them. He He's on board. We put the flyers and his numbers come there. 
that has been a success over the going on two years, but also what we determine in that, and other national people recognize that, to reach that household is to use that model we use, and that's why we look at prostate cancer. It's unacceptable in these United States that a black male has death rates twice of a white male in these United States without a so-called health care delivery system. That's unacceptable. So we're approaching this prostate project with some major companies coming on board to from Texarkana all the way to Beaumont. We have 10 church hubs. A church hub is a one lead church in the county, communicate with all the other churches in that county, and that one, and so that's our church hub. We have 10 of those hubs been identified now from moving towards Beaumont. So now we can reach into an individual household with information that they respond to. And there are groups who are saying that that's what's happening with the Prostate Project. There are other projects people are coming to us to use that same model to reach inside, to communicate with that with that household. And that's what I'm trying to get the elected system and other people to look at. But this is what this will be. And also we use that the, uh, the task force is centered around the uh, octopus plant. We, as you know, out here, you heard me say this. You can't stop an octopus by addressing one leg. You have to address all legs to stop that octopus. So that's why we have areas like medical, nursing, criminal justice, environmental uh, communication, all just to name all those those areas that's in our task force. And of course, the church also education there. Uh, we're putting together. We're putting an arm in there and just a a volunteer group of people who want to volunteer to assist us with all these projects. So that's our task force. Uh, uh, that's what we uh, we are going to we are going to take charge in healthcare because, as I mentioned earlier, there are some things that are carried in healthcare that shouldn't be. Uh, hey we guys, just have to hey, take hey, got to yes. out, okay? Okay. So yes, that's all, all right. the summation yeah. for what we do at the task force. Hello? Yeah, I'm doing a little. Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a little community work out here. I got some folks. You know, you, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. So I got a bunch of new neighbors, right? And and, and all of a sudden, and, all of a sudden yeah. and I didn't ask for them, but all of a sudden I'm surrounded by a bunch of little boys, right? So yeah. so so, wow. so I'm having to oh. give some direction. I'm just going to give some direction, like I'm going to talk to their uh, parents about, you know, what's your, what, what your little kids going to run around in the street after 9 o'clock at night? But you know, we need to ask them. You know, I, I mentioned we need, we're looking for a, a, a young adult on our board. That's the next position. We, I, I'm asking that question. How do we reach those young, the young boy you just mentioned? We need to, uh, that, that young population. We need to listen to them. Where do they go? Uh, how do we reach them? Uh, so that's a that's a burning question we are asking, and we need to partner with them in the area of telehealth, tele, uh, telehealth. Te- God has blessed them with knowledge of tele- uh, technology. They have it. Telehealth. Yeah, have it. You will not be going to doctors in the hospital in the future. You will be monitoring your blood pressure on your cell phone. Again, again, Doctor, here we, we have the avenues to reach them already. That, that avenues are there. You know, we we know where the colleges are. Uh, you know, we know where they party. We know where you. We know where they are. So, basically, it's about getting the information to them where they are, right? Because that's what we have to do. So, we got to go where they are. Just like you know, all the stuff you're talking about. 
there needs to be a program that's implemented, not just somebody walking by talking, but, but whatever kind of health care system they got in those schools. This program should be hooked up to that, you know, with information, education about and opportunities about all that should be coming through those institutions. Uh, if you got mm-hmm. you got schools that have you got schools that have uh, in high schools that have uh, a, a healthy you know because here in Dallas you know we have a, a health uh, program for youth that want to be in health you know you can you know reach those I don't know what they got down in town they got the same thing but they do you know uh, you know hook up with that you know hook up with that program you know in Tyler and then of course you know you got the churches as you well know you know so you can you know like you know they have health care committees in the churches so you know uh, you know you hook up with them. So basically, you know, basically go where the people go, you know, go where the people at, and, and then, you know, and like, you know, each one teach one, each one tell one, you know, just basically, you know, start with your family, you know, and just, yeah, and just educate folks on what telehealth is. Not necessarily you got to go get in it, but hey, this is this is how you can use it to help you stay in your house and take care of yourself uh, uh, better without, you know, without having to have a lot of your family or friends having to come and do a lot of stuff for you. You can learn how to use this technology. And it, yeah, we, uh, and it actually improves your and it actually improves your life. So that's what we need to get folks to understand in the main. Yeah, we we've, we've done that with tele, well. There was one in churches in East Texas. Uh, I mean, I mentioned uh, We're working through with their uh, their uh, health ministry on a lot of our programs, and also we're setting up some meetings to bring in the presidents from the colleges. And so is is in the work we have. I've given presentation to the segment group. Those guys want to be going. You know, there's an assumption that all these people know what we're talking about. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing what we're doing. There are, level, there are different levels. There are different levels people need to be to understand what we're talking about. And so, yes, there are people, there are a lot of people, and for example, in our public health system, everybody knows our public health system is a failure. But what, is, what, is a, what are they doing for a course uh, to improve our public health? And I tell people, anytime you have a nation that you can't convince them to wash their hands or wear a mask, you, your public health education system has failed. So, so our biggest problem is so the schools who have these health care, who are teaching by mutation? I'm going to call your dad tomorrow and tell him that you're out here running around in the street late at <laughs> night, and I don't know why. Okay, so <laughs> so I'm gonna call him and tell him. Okay, so you can go on, go on, go. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing my community service. <laughs> but they may, they may want to listen. They may want to join in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we are we are doing those things at those levels and uh, touching base with people, partnering with different groups, and but we are we are we're going to be the name changer in education wise. Oh, something else interesting. Uh, young lady approaching us about actually providing a computer. Training in our church hubs. For when we communicate in our churches, some churches don't have computers and network, internet, and all that. So you want to come on board and provide an online computer class in our church hubs. And that's going to fill that 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 need, that gap in our community of computer knowledge, information, technology. That's going to be a main changer for her. For her, and that's she's an entrepreneur. So that, and that's what we like to see. Other people recognize they can use this model and implement some programs. So we've heard excited about seeing how we can implement an online computer uh, uh, technology program in our church hub. Some of these churches don't even have internet type stuff. But see, that's another point. 
We are going to address our elected official, of course, our elected official who is responsible for the Internet spending in the uh, state of Texas. We're blessed to uh, Senator Nichols, which is my senator right here in, in East Texas. I think he's pushing a lot of that Internet stuff in Austin. So what we're going to do, we're going to, sit, we're going to meet with him. Well, I shouldn't be saying, well, my plan is to present the program to him. And, and, and mm-hmm. then also that's going to be, we, we'll need, we'll reach where we can affect policy. See, in the past, we do all these things, but there is no direct connection into Austin or into Washington, D.C. So with it, and, and this prostate one we're going to do, we're going to reach all the way up into Washington, D.C. with this project and see why that uh, um, uh, that bill is not passed by uh, Representative Rush up there. And, and, uh, and, of course, he's retiring this year. So we're going to reach this prostate project all the way up into Washington, D.C. and hook it to a success story. And I hope there are other political groups in East Texas who need a success story. Look at this prostate project and see how this project is a successful project and how we are going to actually push, we're going to actually connect with policies. Another point I'll make, and I'm going to close, the, the, the data from Washington, D.C. Is, is inaccurate because most times it's not broken down demographics and some other issues in there. But we are setting up our own research data center. The data, we're going to partner with the data coming out of this prostate project. We're going to share that data. Uh, so we're in throughout. We need to start controlling our own data. Uh, and also, we're going to start writing articles about the data uh, we're looking at because we're planning a uh, equity disparity conference in, uh, in, in February to report all the issues and all the data we're talking about. So we're not just only having a program, we're reaching this program into policy into Austin and also into uh, uh, Washington, D.C. with data, with correct data and drive. So we're going to try and we talk about the telehealth, telehealth but that's how we're going to. We're not only having these projects just be an East Texas project. We're going to link these projects on into Austin and on up into Washington, D.C. in connection with policy. That's where it's helping people who want to run for these offices to know what they need to be up there uh, presenting and also need to know how they need to analyze what they are passing up there. Don't pass something that, that there's no benefit to nobody, but you can't monitor. So we're going to do this prostate project. going to be one. We're going to all the way up into Washington, D.C., a passing of a bill, that, a PSA bill, where it is, who's on board with that, who's not on board with it, and the, the benefit of that. You think you could put a, you look at that. You think you could put a, put a pamphlet together on uh, something like, uh, you know, you know how to, you know, you know as an African-American or a black how you know how to go to the doctor? How to interact with the healthcare system? Mm-hmm. Is, is there any kind of is there any kind of is, is there any kind of information that yes. would be specific yes. to us that we could get to people that would yes. help them with their interactions in the current healthcare yes. system? Yes, one of the pamphlets that we're going to utilize. One of these one of these pamphlets already been produced in Washington D.C. It's just not distributed. So uh, we have some pharmacists on our task force. That's going to do exactly what you're talking about. That information we mentioned earlier about is cleaning out your medicine, your records on medical records, and the question asking doctors what uh, keeping your drug uh, your drug history. There is a pamphlet that had will have that in there, and part of it is already being produced in Washington D.C. We just want to turn of those uh, to get down here and add that data and information you're talking about, and also just we talked about earlier, destroying medications. Uh, there are pro-government, there are procedures for about take-back medication, but it's not well-organized, not well-advertised. 
So we're going to work with some of the pharmaceutical chain, whether it be whatever, which whatever one, to work with us. <clears throat> we're going to publish the list where this pharmacy is a take-back pharmacy, meaning that you can go and take your expired medication to this pharmacy, and they are by guidelines, federal guidelines, they'll got to how to handle and how to destroy those medications. But that no one know where those pharmacies are, or they're not advertised, and so people have tons of meds around. So that's going to be that's going to be part of that information brochure that we're going to uh, put together with the drug history list, and also a pro- what question you need to ask your doctor when they uh, what, and also if you're given a new, most people don't realize that when you're given a new prescription, you're supposed to be counseled by the pharmacy. How many pharmacists are actually counseling you about your when you go get this new prescription filled, how many pharmacies are actually, that's your right for that pharmacist to account for you. Doc, they take your money, doc, they take your money and get you out, get you on out the line. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Tell, no America, take your money if you don't ask any questions. That's why I tell people right. it's ridiculous the gas prices where they are because nobody asks questions. So, you know, so right. somebody, just like going to the doctor's office, why you go in there and, and the insurance company take your money, he spent and doesn't want to see you, or spend less time with you than he or she should. And, and like I tell everybody, if you're 40 and above, you're a black male, you're going to the doctor, he had an order that PSA on you, you need to go back and ask him why. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and they will do a follow-up and see what's going on with Well, you. see, the, the staff at Stanford is starting something we call advanced care planning. If you're, if you're, if you're diagnosing something, there are plans you need to be looking at two and three years of, uh, ahead. Stanford. Doing that, so that's what that's one of the models we are putting in this is when you're diagnosed with diabetes or whatever like that, plan yeah. plan care models you need to be looking at down the road, and so that's going to be part of that group that's coming on board. Doctor, what kind of stuff, Doctor? But what kind of stuff? And again, and again, all that's great, and we need to do all of that and some more. But what about the preventive stuff? We we, we need to really get into you know get our folks into a preventive mode as far as, you know, because we, because the current food that we eat now, actually the less of it you can eat, the better off you probably are, right? One of the positions position we have in the task force is an agriculture position. Say, how, while you have an agriculture branch in your task force, the reason what you just said, you look at preconditions, you look at the nutrition. See, there are individuals who are certified nutritionists that would give, you know, they give uh, lectures. Uh, different groups have them. They're available. Most people have a, a certified di- dietitian that could give you education, but it's not coordinated. See, our churches, back to our church hub, we can partner with these individuals who approve. I was just on a major conference this past weekend with the agriculture department. They're looking for areas to get involved particularly more minority communities. There are people from Washington, D.C., actually, just like you're saying, there are people who are approved to give, uh, there are nutritionists who are approved to give lectures to our community. They're funded. There are people sitting in almost all these counties. If you have an ag extension in your county right now by 8 a.m., mm-hmm. there is a person on that staff or should be on that staff dealing with nutrition. He or she will come out to your site upon request and give you a presentation on nutrition. And the right place to do that is in your black church. Uh, we, uh, I tell people, so many churches are closed on Saturdays. You need to have a nutritionist that's funded, paid by the state, federal government, ag department, to come in and give a lecture to your your church group, and they have tons of flyers uh, about nutrition. See, when we look at preconditions, 
That's why I said we are, uh, as a race of people, we have been preconditioned now because we trusted someone else to take care of us. They didn't tell us about mm-hmm. the nutrition and these fast food places they put in our neighborhood, these quick food places. They didn't educate us. Mm-hmm. But there are people no, who that, are paid hey, to hey, rent. Hey, 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 Doc, wait, turn them fast food places and, and them commercials. You know what you're saying? How yep. about that commercial where they had these two they basically obese black man, black woman, right? And they sitting there waiting to order this burger, these burgers. Yep. And then yep. when they get them, they be like, you know, like like they just jumped into heaven. And I'm okay. going, yeah. y'all are renting bad. Look at it. And so they look at it, so they they selling that 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 being in that condition is okay. Keeping these burgers. And see, that's we say, right. and that's see, right. it's, it's these kind of attacks uh, that's coming at coming at us, coming at us. You, 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 yeah, I mean, that ain't subliminal to me. That's just outright. But for most folks, they ain't looking at it. I guess that's subliminal to them. But they send you a message. Hey, you Arthur, they're not wrong. They're not wrong though. They're telling the truth because in order for you to make it into heaven, you have to die. So they, they're killing us, <laughs> and we're we're, and we're dying to get in. Well, I ain't you know, trying. Well, well, I don't need nobody. Eddie here, Eddie here. I don't need nobody help getting to heaven. So, so, so they need. I'm just they saying, man. They need to help themselves. Right. Right. Don't worry about day. me. Double, right. double meat, double cheese. All right, one day, right. bread. You know, my son was down here. And he's in New Orleans right now, and uh, he, you know, he's a scientist, and you know, he looks at everything, and he's an engineer, so uh, he's always looking at details of everything, just over the top, uh, overachiever, you know. And he said, Daddy, you know, well, I broke my bone in my hand. He said, arthritis builds up around. He said, but I did some research and I discovered that when I cut my bread intake, that arthritis is not as bad. And he said, I just cut it out my diet so I wouldn't have that problem. I mean, you know, I, I learned from a 28-year-old. I am now my uh, second month into no bread, no sandwiches, no burgers, no, I, I'm just telling you, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a uh, restaurant near me, and they do uh, burger salad. So everything mm-hmm. that you would get on the burger, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, onion, whatever else you want, little cheese, is in that salad, but I just don't have the bread. And let me tell you mm-hmm. something. Uh, my skin has improved. Uh, I have no arthritis feeling in my knee that, that is injured, and I'm 56 years old. So, uh, you know, I'll tell you, though, I was on a conference this past weekend by uh, a black forest group here in Nacogdoches. They have people from Washington, D.C. down here. There was a young lady. She's the assistant secretary of agriculture, equity and disparity. I was telling them we can have this conference next year. See what you said. That's people. We've elected people. People in the system know that shouldn't happen. Back to the ad. There are people we have in Washington, D.C. should have complained about that ad. That's one of the problems the FDA is having. So the young lady was vice president for agriculture, for equity and disparity. That's what I she, I, I talked with her. I'm going to write her a letter about that. So mm. that statement, when you look at disparity in healthcare, you the ag department. Where did bread come from? Who should be mm-hmm. who should be dressing that? And then we have groups up there, the Black Caucus, and all these groups that we send to Washington D.C. They should have looked at that. Should, that's why my heart go out to uh, Bobby Rush yeah. to try to get this PSA deal passed. 
No, you had you saw you had elected officials saw that same air you saw, but what did they say? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that. Look, and I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that big people shouldn't be on commercials. The, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, not. clear about that. I, I think what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is that is that when you use commercial like that, and you and, and you project in our community, yep. then yep. what you're doing is you're ensnaring more people to think that it's okay. Number one, to eat that food that they eat, and they know it ain't good for them. You know, oh. cause high, high blood pressure and everything. And we're else. targeting you our know. community. Cause oh yeah, look at look at yeah, it. Yeah, it was being Yes, we're targeted. Yes, we're targeted. Yeah, yes, we're targeted. Oh, I know. I'm an advertiser. I'm an advertiser. So we know when we watch television. We know what channels we watch. It's like in most, uh, uh, and it's and it's easy to target us because in every neighborhood, and, and I know as soon as I turn that line in, in, in Smith County, where radio station is, is the black station, you know, quote unquote black station. And those mm-hmm. ads are there. Uh, when I go in Houston, when I go to Dallas, 104.5, 102.5, 102.5, and those ads are there. And uh, there's a different ad, a different look when you go to 94.1, yeah, I'm going to ask you all a question. I'm going to ask you all a question. Since we know this is a, is a problem, can we have some uh, – group organized at the national level, we might push this through our task force up in Washington, D.C. to evaluate ads from a disparity healthcare viewpoint. Because, you know, there are ads by, there are ads, there are gen ads, there are look ads, uh, just like what happened with the tobacco. There was so much fight in the tobacco industry, you saw what happened there. So what we, that's why I said earlier, we need to take charge of our healthcare. So we see and we elect people, and we, and we need to have a something in Washington, D.C., like you said, because all those approved by LCC, so there. Now, what about the ones, hey, hey, Doc, hey, 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 Doc, what about the ones, and I'm sure you all remember, you remember when they first, uh, it's been like about a couple of years now, though, I, I guess I'm saying, but anyway, you know, all of a sudden, we had all these uh, ads coming out with these black women with everybody. But they shoot everybody but a black man laying in the bed here yep. and over there. You know, yep. uh, uh, and when they did have them together, have a brother with a white girl to be some kind of comical, like one guy prancing around, walking off in their house in his drawers all on right. top of the table. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, right. so, 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 you know, the disrespect. Now, Joe Biden, he saw that, and he, he was talking about, he was touting that as racial progress. When, when it's clearly marketing manipulation, but he, but, oh, yeah. but he see progress. Really? Really? No, no, no you wouldn't expect yeah, you wouldn't expect the answer for him anyway. But I would, I would say, let's, let's take this first. The black caucus up there, right? Who, the black leadership up there. Can we get something up to them to address what we just talked about? See, we need some success stories. You know, they, I, I think all those ads are approved by the Federal uh, Communication Commission. Uh, and I'll, the, the, I don't the, know if there's a minority on that commission. Well, you know, the problem we have that the, the problem we have with the black caucus is that basically, okay, just like you had, you had like uh, uh, Jim Clapping come down here and endorse uh, a Quayar, that guy, whoever he was, against that lady in a primary, you know, and, and this guy is for, you know, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. So, uh, so I'm saying, so, you know, so, and these are Democrats doing that, so, so and, and these are black yeah. caucus mem- members and so forth. So what I'm saying is that you know you got that kind of inside thing going on. Then we be trying to figure out 
uh, why we can't get our stuff prioritized, voting rights, stuff like that. Everybody else get their stuff prioritized. You know, gay rights got their stuff prioritized. Well, you know the answer, Dan? Well, you know the answer, Dan? My suggestion is the answer would be change from bottom up. What we're doing with the task force is we what we're looking in the uh, area of prostate cancer. They asking us about uh, maternal and other issues that address our community. What we can take, honey, because I'm looking for a person with, I'm looking for a strong communication person that that could really reach into Washington and tell our story. If you all know a communication person, because we could take this same this issue from a health uh, from a task force viewpoint, address what you just talked about. Because the preconditions we're dealing with are results of that. So from the ground up, it would give us the opportunity to, to reach right into whoever's choice from our task force, not from elected people, because we know how they all, how that influence occurs. Can our task force find a strong communication person that takes this right into Washington, D.C., because the ads are there? And also, you can track the results of there, just like cigarette smoking. And so we could be, why don't we, from the community up, be the voice for our community since we have no other voices at the national level that's, that's speaking for us? Because this is serious. When we look at how many people dying and what we're dealing with, uh, you know, like you're saying, uh, uh, it's, not, it's not working. There are no success stories. But this would be a success story that we drive my task force up just addressing the issue of change in ads. There will be a ton of people would jump, you know, would jump on board. There are a ton of people asking, why is this going on? Who's saying something? Who's approving this? If we take the lead, if I have a strong communication person that I can, we can to get this up there, uh, we'll have a world of people that jump national, on the call. Now, 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 there was a time, now, now, there was a time when the national office uh, was on top of that, but, you know, different regimes come and go. So that's, that may not be a priority. Uh, I'll, I'll check that. It may not be a priority for this regime. Uh, right now, but basically, like I said, but, but but we have to make it a priority so they can make it a priority. That's how it actually works. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, think well, we, I think we made a priority. Yeah, I think we made a priority. I think they made a priority. Yeah. yeah. Hey, priority. Yeah, I want to call yeah, on something, Doctor Doctor Hagley. Uh, you say you graduated from TSU? Oh, I'm a proud Tiger fan. I tell you, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh-huh. You say you graduated from Texas Southern? Texas Southern College of Pharmacy. Okay, uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Houston now uh, are attacking an issue that we have also in America. In the uh, United States military, you have 14,000 pilots. Only 2% of those are 300 are, uh, are African American. Now, what they're doing now, you can get your pilot's license as a degree at Texas Southern University. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That, that's that's yes. an area of attack that we're doing. And in the uh, United States, uh, it's only less than 2% African-American pilots there also. So uh, mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout-out to Texas Southern University for, for attacking an issue that is on a large scale. That's good. FYI, Mike, when I was Air Force, I'm an Air Force guy. Anyway, so I was an aircraft mechanic. So And so I was working on airplanes. What I wanted to do was I was going to – I said, I'm, I'm going to get out, I'm going to college and graduate in three years and come back so I can fly them jets because I want to fly a jet. Right. But after I've been out of about a year, the brainwashing wore off. I ain't going back to brainwashing one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, no. no. Uh-uh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wanted to get my degree. I, I, matter of fact, I, I enrolled, y'all, when I was off. My wife told me not to. 
uh, Liberty University, I was going to do some seminary work there, and they also doing the same thing. And uh, a lot of my, you know, I already have other degrees, so that it would cancel out. And I was going to start my uh, air flight lessons this this month, matter of fact. And my wife said, you are not doing that. You don't have time. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why she's correct is that at 65 years of age, commercial air flight uh, pilots, they have to sit down. They have to retire. Now, they can fly private. But uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so I want to encourage other men. That's why I do some things, and we do some things that we do. Uh, we have veterans here. Speaking of veterans, uh, we want to give uh, hats off to uh, our women veterans. I think today is Women Veterans Day. Is that correct? Mm. Need oh, to talk know. about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure today, today is women. Yeah, today is Women Veterans Day. So we want to uh, uh, hats off to all our women, women veterans today. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah Dr. Shirley McKellar uh, sent out a, a TSA, and she also said for us to uh, speak about uh, women's validation in America. Now, I know we got men online tonight, but uh, I think it's awesome that men would talk about validation of women uh, in, in America because they, they need to hear uh, encouragement from men sometimes, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, I, I agree, I agree with that, Okay, yeah, I'll go first. Go first. I, I, I agree with that because in my family, all my all my grand, most, one grandson, but all my granddaughters, they're all in PhD programs. And what was so, I, I would say, I would never forget my my old, no, second oldest granddaughter went off to Spelman. Uh, we over there, and she was there's a sort of a ceremony they, they go through and everything. But to see that many of um, African-American young ladies, you know, of course, being at TSU and all that and everything in, in the, uh, you know, HBCU, but being there at Spelman to see what they did in that ceremony touched my heart. And to look at all those young ladies that's been through Spelman, like my my granddaughter that she's in a PhD program up at Rutgers now, she went through Spelman. She was back there uh, this past week. They have a program where individuals, there's a national program, where individuals are going in the PhD study program that came on, but they one of those sites where it's Spelman, they brought her back to uh, to actually give a presentation to young PhD researchers in the area in the area of healthcare. I know ladies have uh, ladies have made enormous contribution, even with the Moderna research uh, vaccine. There are young African American in that research. Everything here about Moderna, she was involved with that. And the, young, the, the family that uh, the, the STEM research, we did a lot of research on stem cells, and you probably know just recently they made a movie about well, where we actually used, well, the research used those stem cells to do a whole lot of diagnosis, a whole lot of therapies, and she was not mm-hmm. given honors to that. I'm going to take myself and not mention her name. <laughs> but, but now she's being recognized because these stem cells are used in research to grow a lot of other organisms and do a lot of testing. Uh, because without having a human body, so you can grow the cells just like that. So she created that. So the list go on and on. I just saw something just yesterday. There's another young lady. She's a drone. She's in the uh, Air Force. There's something with shipment. I'm, I'm sorry I missed that. She's uh, she's She's been uh, highly promoted because apparently she's doing something with shipping, transferring with the Air Force. That's a new for her. So mm-hmm. Dr. McKellar probably knows who she is. She's a, uh, she's a drone, Lieutenant. And so... Uh, I'm the head school mm-hmm. to her, so yes. That's right, that's right, that's right. 
Well, well, well. Of course, you know that. Of course, as far as uplifting women, you know, I, I, I know where the brother's power lie. I always have, but like, yeah. my, you know, like my my first love was my grandma, uh, and 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 I and I wasted many years trying to find a woman like her. Guess what? She was the last one they made. So here I am, you know. But I want to say that women, I don't care where you look, whether it's in the church whether it's in a uh, schoolhouse, whether it's in, you know, uh, you, you know, now more and more corporate uh, uh, boardrooms, you know, you're going to see women. I think it's just my position. I watch men, you know, mainly Anglo men, run stuff, and, and, and I like to see what it looks like with women running stuff. It, it, it can't, I bet it won't be like this because women have a tendency to, you know, they kind of, you know, they kind of know how to don't let stuff get started, Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so and, and so, I like to see, uh, you know, so I'm for more women in power. Now, again, you know, you know, because of the that that crime bill in the '90s that locked up all the black young men, that yeah. that, that we do have kind of a lopsided uh, thing going on right there. But uh, but again, you know, the women that's, that that came through came through. You know, they you know I think they can handle what we need for them to handle. Uh, you know, but but there's you know again at the same time we've got this uh, uh, a replacement theory going on. You got you got this new dynamic going on where you have you know the, you, you know the white man is checking out the sister now. You know all all three of those Supreme Court nominees that Biden had all of them got white husbands, right? You know so so you know so based on you're saying that seemed to be that seemed to be kind of a new model thing that you probably need to kind of watch uh, going forward. But like I told uh, like I told Miss McKellar. Uh, sisters, if you get to the promised land and the brothers ain't with you, that ain't the promised <laughs> land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would uh, my hat go off to the grandparent grandmothers uh, across there. Uh, right now, you know, grandmothers, uh, as you well know, in education, they're they're raising kids. They, so I might have to go off to all the grandmothers out there. We have enormous responsibility of raising kids or another time or helping with their family or be the leader of their family. So I list uh, honor all those grandmothers who are in those roles, uh, uh, helping with their grandkids, their daughters, their children, whatever like that. And also I'll tell everybody, when you have a family reunion, I told you only this past weekend, you have, make sure you have the oldest person there. It could be one of their ladies. Tell her story. We have these family reunions, and we fail to listen, you listen to our older individuals at those family reunions. So if you have an older grandmother at these family reunions now and in the future, let her talk and tell her story. Or even just let her talk in the recording machine uh, because we're missing that linkage, that love. So, yes, uh, that's my recommendation. Listen to those grandmothers before they use and uh, and uh, and, um, and my hat go off to them. Now you mentioned family reunions. Uh, we're going to be having our fiftieth uh, this year. Actually, it got delayed a couple of years because of COVID. But but you know, 50, in, in fifty years, what I've you know what I've learned is this: that through and I, and I've talked to kids because you know I've been being in school. I talk to kids. Folks have family reunions. Kids that don't. I'm telling you, it makes a difference for kids growing up. To be able to come see their family, spend a whole day together, and and just act civilized and have a good time, 
and and when it, and it, and it stabilizes them. And so mm-hmm. you know, it, so I think that more people need to uh, you, you know look at having a family. It's not not over years. I've had people come and ask me for you know for advice because they after after they come out they want to have one. Now and, and I give them one advice about a family reunion. If you if you if, if y'all get to family reunion and y'all and, and y'all arguing about the food, y'all will not have another one. Yeah, that's true. That'll be that's it. True. That'll be it. That'll be it. So. So well, why, have, why family, family, you have, family, have charity in your heart. Have charity in your heart. Huh? I say, why they having the family reunions and having the elders to speak? Uh, we need to remember that uh, the elders, especially the grandmothers, are so important that uh, King Solomon gave respect to his in, in, in the Book of Proverbs, and uh, so he, he, he gleaned from her. And so that's what we have to remember. Uh, 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 and, and I and I gave a speech to, uh, about this. I don't call especially black women uh, strong black women anymore because that came from the the phrase the, the term of slavery when they were raped by the slave master, you know. And they said, oh, and they pass the word on it. They got a strong back, and they can endure more and take more. And so mm-hmm. uh, we need to remind ourselves and our villages that uh, we need to be the support. Guy for our women. I have three daughters, uh, and, and I let them know that they do not have to be uh, manhandled by society mm-hmm. or individuals. Uh, so uh, we, we as men have to validate our daughters, our grandparents, our grandmothers, our, and our mothers. Uh, I am my mother's son. I, I am a mother's boy, uh, a mama's boy, if you will, you know. Uh, so that's okay. There was a time we'd be ashamed of something like that. So today I want to validate uh, women and uh, let them know that we are here. But, but Brother Alton, you're right. Um, we can't let society divide us. Uh, we can't do that. But that's not the promised land without without the man. It's just not. Yeah, our stuff is. Now, the only, now, look here, Eddie, here. Now, now, now I do want to say this. The, the the you know like you know what it turns out you know the 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 kids are still black right I mean I mean I mean look, look at the NBA playoffs right now look at all those mulatto brothers out there you know so yeah. so you know so you know so you still you know they still you know I mean they're still brothers I'm just saying culturally speaking I think I, I think that's a I think that's a, a kind of a a signature of of you know when we get through all this replacement theory stuff and all this stuff here going on, you're gonna see more of that. You're gonna see more uh, you know white boys marrying 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 sisters because see look, the historically uh, white men have had always had access to black women. Uh, black men have didn't have access to white you know to white women, and so you know and all the difference is you know white men have always had access to black women. They just didn't marry them and they just didn't take them away in the daytime. Brother, when he get a white woman, he have to come in public with her. Otherwise, she can holler rake and put him in the pen, right? <laughs> so you know, so, so, so yeah, insist okay, be right. hollering, you know. So insist to be hollering, you know. Well, I, I keep they keep saying, I say, hey, I say he have to, I say he have to bring in public, you know, to keep the you know keep the penitentiary card off of him. Hey, sure, if I was dating a white woman, I hey, look everybody know it. Hey, here my hey my white woman, hey y'all hear my white woman. You know, just for the protection. So I'm just saying that, you know, but, you know, but I think that's kind of going to be, 
you know, when we get past this, all this replacement st- uh, theory stuff, uh, that's that, that's going to be more common. It's going to be more common uh, in public because it's already going on. You know, the, 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 you know, Dallas. Uh, I mean, I think it's like Oklahoma City. You think Oklahoma City would be one way? You go up there. I, I, I saw you see more interracial couples in Oklahoma City than anywhere else. I'm just saying it's kind of a weird kind of a thing. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I guess it goes back to I guess it goes back to white being a status mm-hmm. because you know you know because back in those days a bunch of those ex presidents they had you know they had you know they had black wives you know dark skinned wives. You know, you know, mulatto types, and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't a big thing. Well, Johnny you know, Cash, you know, did. And, and he came huh? from a product of, of the Johnny Cash did, <laughs> and he came from a product yeah, of, yeah. of a, a mulatto yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they did yeah. Johnny Cash movie, they made it. Like, when they did Johnny Cash movie, they had a white woman for his wife. Yeah, but that that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. But that's yeah. how you know, like. <laughs> You know, America. If you want to look at it. It's all on cinema. If you if you want to go and get a good, you say, well, well, why are we like this? Go back and look at some of them old Western pictures. Just go yeah, back. Yeah, we're told we like this. Yeah, we're told we like this. You know, you know, you know. I you went, say, why are we like went, this? Go look at them. I white gun smoke every night. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see. Huh. Well, I would like to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, Andy Griffin. Andy Griffin. From a yeah, historical yeah. perspective, from a historical perspective, being on a historical mission, what we're seeing when I advise the young black males to learn your history, because we get a lot of requests for these young whites who are, you know, marrying black guys, whatever like that. They want to know the black history. We've had a lot of requests from black from white females trying to find history about the black males, and black males didn't know the history. So I would say as we as we narrow the colors and everything, it would behoove the black males to stop and listen to the grandparents, listen to the seniors, because we're a couple of generations from our history being totally gone because of our older blacks are dying. I'll give you a classic example. Uh, black, there are blacks used to know every grave in the cemetery. There was a black person in the community. Those people are dying off now. Now the problem is individuals want to go back and identify their Rather, the grave is no marker there anymore. Long time ago, there used to be a black person to walk, take you to a black cemetery, and tell you every person whether they're a headstone there or not. But those people exactly. have died off now, so we have a major problem with identifying. Oh, exactly. that in, Doc. I'm glad you said that. Look here, to that end, because we're getting close to the end of the show. But wait, to you know, to that end, what I'm doing, uh, because I, I'm I'm the, I'm the newly minted president of the Rice Memorial Cemetery. That's why I, that's my family's. A cemetery where, where our pot is. But anyway, uh, and so basically, and so what I'm doing is, uh, the first thing I did, I went, I went and got in touch with the Heritage Foundation, uh, and you know, and you know, in my area, which is in Ennis, and basically, and so they have wealth of resource information. You know, they, you know, they say they have, you know, like they have all the the black cemeteries in that county that they know of. They got them marked out. And so basically, what I'm doing is with with with, with my cemetery, one in Alma and one in Ennis. Is getting folks to set up 513Cs over those cemeteries, mm-hmm. get them mm-hmm. registered with the state cemetery commission, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there mm-hmm. you can get you know you can get grants or whatever to kind of you know work them. Now what I like to see, I like to see the NAACP state and national, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a resolution to that effect for next year, uh, 
that they, they that they create a cemetery committee uh, or whatever, or, or you know where 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 they can where we can help facilitate, like you said, search out all these black cemeteries. Because see, what's going on right now is okay, like coming my way where I'm at, uh, you know, north of Dallas. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it, it's going to blow up over here. And so what's going to happen is, kind of like, like I told you about what happened over there at South Dallas, where they did that freeway and dug up them, uh, you know, dug through yeah. that black cemetery, you know, and right. play like, and play like what none took those called them on. And so I'm just saying, right. you know, we'll look up, if you don't mark them, you look up, it'd be a high rise sitting on top of that, you know, them That's cemeteries. Right. Uh, That's right. Now, That's one right. cemetery, yeah. now, now the one cemetery, look at it, now the one cemetery called Red Wine, uh, uh, you, you know, went down there. This guy, he got a fence around it, and, and cows and cows grazing on it. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, because they're not designated yeah. cemetery. Is it there? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this designated, no, no, designated as a cemetery. But, but I'm just saying. But if ain't nobody saying that, they always designated as a cemetery. So, uh, but, uh, but what we're fixing to do is uh, because it's identified on the list. So it's identified as a cemetery. So and he know it ain't his property, you know. So you know, so we gonna go ahead and organize. We are gonna go get with him and, you know, cause all mm-hmm. the stones been kind of messed up or whatever. So we gonna you know, we gonna get with him about, uh, you know, helping us right. fix that up. So uh, I'm saying, but going to what you're saying about them cemeteries, it's something we can do about that, Doc. You know, and right. and we can do it. We got organizations that can get that done. Right. You mentioned we need to that. You exactly right. We could get the head of the NAACP in a meeting and establish a uh, statewide program because we're talking about a neglected cemetery. You're talking about all this development is occurring, as you well know. If a cemetery is not identified, uh, they can plow right through it. And also you remember the history in Texas where you, there were no black cemeteries, so they were, they were buried on the plantations. And so uh, those places I mentioned earlier, all these plantations, there are burial sites on these plantations that nobody know about. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, we can get the state NAACP in a meeting with the uh, with the uh, historical commission. We can write guidelines about those cemeteries, and then in that protection of those cemeteries, it need to be done at the state level, like you said, because in these counties, on the rural counties, where land is being purchased and everything, and and of course another thing, we as a race of people, we walk away from cemeteries. I I want to write a book on once why we as African Americans why do we neglect cemeteries? Well, because we're, we're number one because we don't be in the same place long enough to keep to keep claim on them. We'd be like moving. We'd be getting up out of there. That's true. That's true. Well, the other thing too is that a lot of people don't realize the cemetery. You you bought that plot. You own that land. It's actually your job responsibility. Keep the grass that trimmed up and everything. A lot of people don't know the rules. No one told them that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, matter of fact, uh, we own a cemetery in two different areas, Magnolia Springs and uh, Handcomer, and underneath one of them is oil. And so it's hard to uh, prove the right uh, to that when you got had midwives delivering babies in uh, 1850s and yeah. uh, 1870s yeah. and 1900s. Yeah. And so now, you know, with this pandemic, uh, people are told to go even get their driver's license now. They have to go get their birth certificate. But I have had yeah. uh, friends of mine, 84 years of age, say, how did I get a birth certificate when I was delivered by a midwife? You know, yep. now they can't get driver's license anymore. That's right. That's right. That's a, that's a, that's a problem. We'll, that's an issue we're working on right now. Cause we, well, there is an article we'll, we, uh, we're working on, uh, black medical history. 
uh, you realize then really that had not been published in arc about medical black medical history from the plant or slave plantation all the way up to today. And in part of that discussion, which you just said, the midwives, I just had a discussion with a young lady this past weekend. The midwives in that publication, we're going to identify all the midwives uh, that uh, that existed. But then, like if it's the next phase, the next level, is see if those uh, if those births was recorded. On my wife's side of the family, her her grandmother was a major midwife there in Nacogdoches, near Nacogdoches. But her son, she wrote all the names in the family Bible. That right. Dating, but guess what happened with the family Bible? Burn the family the house, Bible is lost it. Well, she, she wrote the midwives on the births and everything. She yeah. wrote it in, uh-huh. the, in the family Bible. She kept her own record in the family Bible of all the deliveries. Right. Like the was talking about. But they didn't report it to the county. So what she... Her son, for some reason, when she passed and everything, you know, he took the Bible. Now he lost the Bible. He doesn't know where the Bible is. So all the record of all right. those and, and, were pretty close to 100 people that she delivered. And the state, the I'm state sorry. will keep those records. The state will keep those records and, and acknowledge them as a birth certificate, but you have to have that original Bible. Otherwise, they will not utilize it. And that's what we're waiting on. Uh, there's a family in uh, – Handcomer and the whack area, the Jacksons that look like they're white but they're black, and uh, you know one of those programs, and they received land and they proved it. They were able to prove. We're still in the process of trying to prove ninety million dollars worth of all that Shell, Sunoco, and everybody else is taking from us, and not paying the royalties to it. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, look here. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Look here. That, that's a whole. That's a whole another conversation. Uh, of course, we did cover a lot of stuff tonight. We got like a couple minutes left. First of all, I'd like to thank Shirley McKellar for uh, not coming back, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> you said See, you're going to do the commercial for us, right? Go ahead. No, don't have to be like. Go and do it. Yeah, a taste of Northern Delight brought to you at, I think it's 407 Martin Luther King Drive in downtown Tyler, Texas, where every Sunday you can come by and have a brunch. Matter of fact, I think if you dine in this next Sunday, uh, this group will pay for the first family that calls in. <laughs> Praise <laughs> SX. <laughs> and, 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 and I think she got a nine 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 special. I think is, is that on, is that an afternoon or on Thursdays? I, I keep forgetting. But anyway, just go in and ask for it. If they ain't got it, then just get something else. But anyway, uh, 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 <laughs> but anyway, you, you got any last words, Mike? Before I get to Doc and let Doc have the last word. You got anything to say? So, hey guys, I enjoyed you all tonight. Uh, I think we held up all in the bargain. Again, happy Veterans Day to all our women. We do validate you. We appreciate you. Uh, keep hope alive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mike, um, keep, keep keep getting vaccination. If you have not been vaccinated, if you haven't gotten your booster, find a place and continue uh, guidelines for a mass in uh, group settings. But uh, if you're possible, go ahead and continue getting the vaccination. Thank you. Well, I just want to say that I enjoyed uh, uh, work, working for Marvelous Monday, 
and uh, sir, we're just glad that we, uh, uh, you know, could hold it down for you because we love you so much, and, uh, and and we do validate all the women in our lives and and you in particular. So again, thanks everybody. Uh, I, I don't know I don't know if Rihanna can hear us or not, but do I uh, do I need to sing someday myself? How's, how's it go? Anyway, but good night, y'all. One day in the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Oh, the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day, when the glory comes It will be out, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch. We gon' run with it now. Never look back. We done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads, heroes to become a hero. Facing the league of justice. His power was the people. Enemy is lethal. A king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be ours Sure, we will be 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.